Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show. Happy Monday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Steve joining us soon from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And every Monday show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Lots to get to today. Of course, we'll get to the NFL in a couple minutes, but... First is we're keeping our, our eye on a vote this afternoon by the Big Ten commissioner or Big Ten presidents, etc., as to when they'll start the season. Looks like it might the, the target date is August or check that October 17th, with hopes of playing an eight-game season in nine weeks, followed by the Big Ten championship game in December. But then there's a lot of conflicting reports as to if some schools will opt out or not. Brevin Murphy saying if if the Big Ten were to vote yes, everyone will play. But then earlier on WKOK, Dan Patrick said schools like both Michigan schools and Wisconsin may vote no. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. And we do have ESPN's Adam Rittenberg who's going to join us at 4.06 today for the very latest on that. So we'll definitely we'll definitely keep an eye on that for sure, and we'll have the latest with Adam coming up today. And as, as far as just this whole back and forth has just been nauseating at, at this point, it's just time for somebody to make a decision. And Steve and I have already talked about before the lack of leadership and 
and really just just lack of communication from Kevin Warren and all the higher ups from the Big Ten. It's it, this has just been a complete disaster of how this has been handled, and we'll see the Pac-12 follow suit. But it's definitely got to be done soon if you want to keep up with the other conferences. ACC opened up over the weekend. SEC opens up next weekend. So we'll we'll have to see. It's okay. just going to be very very interesting. There we go. I know we have some connection phones issues ringing, there. Phones ringing, phones working. Uh, <laughs> can, let me. Can I start with this so everyone uh, has a better handle on what's going on with this, with the Big Ten thing? Um, and that is as follows. You have a lot of really good reporters out there. All right. Today's show, by the way, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. A lot of really good reporters. Bruce Feldman, Teddy Greenstein, Nicole Auerbach, Adam Rittenberg will be on the next half hour, Brett McMurphy. I mean, all people we've had on the show all the time, right? Here is the issue with covering this story that I don't think a lot of people really realize and think of. When you are covering sports, who are your connections? Yeah, your connections might be players, but your connections probably are athletic directors and coaches, right? How many reporters out there that cover sports have connections with the university president? None. So now you're trying to somehow source this and get reports out there when it's difficult for you to report and source because the people that you could go to to get some information right they're waiting just like you are and that is one of the that's one that's why this story has has been difficult to cover uh, for those who try to cover such things uh, there are certain people that for example you sit there and you got a good handle on it you got you have a source that's telling you it's a source that you count on and so forth but they're not the one that's that's in the decision making process it's a president or a chancellor and there's a chance that uh, again these reporters don't have that source just don't so we're waiting and waiting and waiting. For example, you're going to get a better handle. You're going to get a better handle this week on basketball than you are at this moment on foot on the on football for the Big Ten. On Wednesday, it's going to be an NCAA decision. It looks like November 21st might be the compromise. Instead of November 10th or November. Um, the uh, 25th, it might be the 21st, that's Saturday, to start college basketball with a minimum of four non-conference. But how do you get a story out like that out there? Well, because it is a pure sports story, and it's being done at the NCAA level, you can get a feel from athletic directors, coaches, and maybe a source at the NCAA that you know that can help get a story like that out there. When it comes to this story, where what is... What will the Big Ten presidents and chancellors do? To be honest with you, who has connections with Big Ten or any university's president or chancellor? Who? Who? 
So this is a little different. It's a little more difficult for people to cover because of that. It is not your normal sports story because presidents and chancellors are the ones that are making the vote. And unless there's an athletic director or a coach that that knows exactly how they're and wants to say how their president or chancellor might vote on this, it's not easy. Now, they received, the way I understand the procedure as to how it's gone has been this. On Saturday, the group of eight presidents, chancellors, heard the presentation on medical protocols. And I think there are like 13 or 14, some number like that that they're looking at, which includes rapid testing. Illinois, for example, very, very proud of their rapid testing program, right? And rapid testing is important in this. Evidently, those eight presidents and chancellors were more than satisfied with what they heard on that part. So they said, okay, now that we've heard it, we're satisfied with it, now let's let the entire group hear it. That was yesterday. The entire group then heard the presentation. Sandy Barbara, by the way, has played an important role in that. She's the co-chair of the medical uh, protocol group. She's the co-chair. But they also had to hear yesterday from the scheduling group, and they also had to hear from the TV group yesterday. So they it was more than just, hey, medical protocols, okay, great, love what I heard, let's vote. They then had to hear about the scheduling part. That took time. And then they had to hear about the TV part. That took time. So if you're wondering why it's taken time, there was more to the process, I think, than people realize when it comes to that. Now, when they're going to vote, how they're going to vote, nobody knows. Nobody knows that. We're all just we're all just waiting right now. You know, I know Jack Ham called me two hours ago. He said, "You know, what do we know?" And I said, "So I made." Uh, uh, I said I made I made the old uh, joke that emanates from Catholicism. I said I'm just sitting here waiting for white smoke. Uh, and that's that's what we're doing. We're waiting. If you know now, let's. For example, say they want to go with an October start. Let's say they did. Let's say they did. All right. Is October 10th too early? This being September 14th. Or let's take it the other part. Do you say, hey, let's go with October? And this goes to the scheduling part. Do you go with October 10th, but you keep that as a potential bye week for certain schools that may need it? Or do you just say, hey, look, um, let's go with October 17th and have everybody start? There's a lot There's a lot of elements to this. Uh, if you start the 17th, you can play eight games in nine weeks and have a bye week in there, which you can use either as a makeup or just as a bye week. You would then have the opportunity to finish by... December 19th, which is okay because the College Football Playoff Committee has already announced that they will announce their final rankings on December 20th because the SEC is playing its championship game on December the 19th. 
they're playing 10 games versus what would be your eight, but of course for the Big Ten Championship game winner, it would be your ninth. Uh, Just so you know, Penn State is practicing again today. Uh, They've been going four days a week. They've been going Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And the, the last two Fridays, they've done each one in the stadium. So they've been, and they have another practice schedule for this afternoon. So their Monday practice is on track for today. I know basketball wise, it's been all present and accounted for. They don't have anybody out for basketball. And basketball, uh, this is for the Bucknell people. It sounds like there might be a compromise date in here. We talked about the four options they have. The two leads were November 25th and November 10th, and that the 25th was winning. They actually now may be looking at the possibility of November 21st. Yeah, it's four days, but you get to start four days sooner, and it gives you more weekend flexibility. Gives you more weekend flexibility if you were to do that. And that would mean that you could start some of your preliminary practices um, it would be next week. I think you could start your eight hours a week on the court, I think, next Monday, the 21st, if that were the date. Now, we'll find out about that Wednesday. Like I said, we could have three straight days. One is going to be under the radar news. So there's not much to talk about there. But you might have a Big Ten vote and resolution today. Might. We'll see. Tomorrow, this will be subtle. The agreements between the major league clubs and the minor league clubs as individual affiliates runs out tomorrow. So tomorrow at midnight, the Phillies agreement with Williamsport will run out and the Cardinals agreement with State College will run out. Then on September 30th, the complete agreement between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball is set to expire. They have been negotiating since August 27th. And then Wednesday is the basketball decision. Uh, so Wednesday is the basketball decision from the NCAA. And once again, it looks like there may be a new leader in the clubhouse. They may go to November 21st. Uh, you could start your eight hours per week to work with your players starting next Monday, the 21st. And they were going to recommend, evidently, that everybody play a minimum of four non-conference games. A minimum of four non-conference games. Now, how many conference games you play is up to you and your conference. As we told you last week, the Big Ten has continued to say and feel that they still want to play non-conference games in basketball. But right now, everyone's focused in on football. I know there were some people that said, hey, look, let's um, let's do this for all fall sports. But right now, I think you're looking, right now you're looking to salvage something here. And there's more to it than that. Um, for all of you who would think that if the Big Ten were to reverse course uh, and decide to go in October, oh boy, they're you know 
But what kind of look is that? Well, let me give you an example. We live so often in the moment now. So let's rewind a bit, and let's go back to June and into early July, where there was no baseball agreement. And, of course, baseball looked like they had it all set. Let's start on July 4th. We'll have the entire month of July to ourselves. It'll help bring the country back. We'll look good, the whole thing. And they lost that opportunity. And they were criticized and criticized, and Rob Manfred was criticized and criticized. But then they got it done. And then they started playing. How much criticism have you heard of Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball since? In fact, there's been some praise. He had, to come, he had to put the verbal hammer down after the Marlins thing, and it sounds like people listened. And they're going to finish the regular season. They're going to finish. You know, a week from Saturday, or a week from Sunday, excuse me, a week from Sunday, they'll be done. There's only 13 days left in the Major League Baseball season. They will have made it. And all the consternation from June and July was gone the second they started playing. That'll be the same story here. Consternation, should they make a decision to go in this direction and they do start playing, will be gone. As soon as it started, I mean, you know, there will be very little second-guessing once the games actually start. Because that's what we found across the board. All right. The governor, hasn't been the best day for the governor, based, I guess, on a ruling here or there, right? Uh, he's coming up next with probably Dr. Levine. Actually, it's just Dr. Levine, as as we know, as of now. What? Where's the gov? Just Dr. Levine today, for what we've been told. Oh. Boy, does Adam Rittenberg know he's following Dr. Levine? He does, actually. I did give him that update. I mean, I mean I'm saying if it was after the governor, I think he'd be like, no, oh, I can handle that. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. As we continue in the green phase per the governor's order, most of our staff continues to work from home to practice social distancing for the safety of our staff and clients. During this time, we are operating under the guidance of the insurance department. Our office remains available to service our current and new clients by phone by calling 570-286-5855, email, and by appointment. Our after-hours emergency service is also ready to assist our clients with their needs. From the team at Purdy Insurance, stay safe, be well, be kind, and know that we remain dedicated dedicated to the highest levels of service to protect what matters most. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I'm still trying to collect my thoughts after that. All right, great to have you with us. Oh, stop laughing. At least it was short and to the point. That's true. Adam Rittenberg in the next half hour. We'll see what uh, what he knows. And this will probably... Uh, I'll probably start out with Adam this way. I'll probably say, hey, okay, at this hour, what do we know? But then I'll get into the difficulty in covering this story. Again, how many stories do you see 
where you've got sources that tell you what a university president is or is not going to do on anything. When it gets to something like this, it's it's difficult. You know, and it's, and it's not as if they're all gathered in one spot. You know, somebody comes out of the room, hey, bud, about this, somebody, hey, hey, what are you hearing? What's going on? It's you know, you're talking about what, fourteen, fifteen? I don't know, probably well, there may be more. There may be legal counsel on there, whatever it may be. But it's a Zoom call. And that's what made that's that's why this is not an easy story for a lot of really good reporters to get a handle on. They're they're using as many sources as possible, but it is a very difficult source story because your sources are coaches and athletic directors, and a lot of them are waiting to see what they're going to decide to. (laughs) I think, I, I will say this, it sounds to me like those who had to make presentations, medical protocols, quick testing, scheduling and TV. It sounds like whatever they've done, the Big Ten presidents and chancellors now have much more information than they've ever had because these people worked hard to give them as much information as possible. I'll go back to what I said before. Some people say, well, will it look like they have egg in their face if they decide to play in October? And I say, no, I don't think it will. And the reason it, I think once you start playing, we're so much in the moment. We may we'll, we'll go back at some point and look at the decision making process when it's all said and done. Somebody will write a book about it, whatever it may be. But I think should they decide to play, it would be like baseball, where there was so much hand wringing and consternation as this was playing out, where you're missing an opportunity, and you know. Now, with baseball, it was like, you know, the greed of the players, the greed of the owners, the pendulum kept swinging back and forth. That's not the case here at all. You know, it has nothing to do with, with that. Um, I think they many in the Big Ten made made calls based on health and safety protocols, and, you know, and that's that's fine. They're, they're thinking of student-athletes. Um, now they have a lot more to work with, and the quick testing part, is the interesting part. I know it's something, for example, that Illinois, Illinois is very proud of it. They have their own quick testing profile. And, you know, the runny joke is, you know, no matter what it happens to be, here's a press release on IM fields. Hey, our IM fields are now open for our students to use. Don't forget to wear a mask. By the way, we have quick testing. You know, it's like, okay, 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 we got it. Um, but um, the quick testing part is really important. And it sounds like they've got a decent handle on that, and they may have actually some options to choose from on quick te- quick testing. Scheduling is interesting. What do you do with scheduling? If you, uh, Do you want to play eight games in ten weeks and start – Say they wanted to, you know, let's just pick the October dates. Let's just say they, that that's what's on the table. And you want to start October 10th, but maybe there's some schools, Wisconsin might be an example, where you give them a bye week on October 10th. 
but you have some other schools that are ready to play October 10th. So you build two bye weeks in with one of them being October 10th. Could you do that? Eight in ten weeks. Or do you say, hey, let's go October 17th, gives everybody a better shot here, we'll play eight in nine weeks. With that bye week in there somewhere where you can reschedule a game if need be. Those are all thoughts that need to be ironed out. Now, the TV partners, they're anxious, obviously, to get the Big Ten on TV. ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, Fox, Fox Sports 1. Big Ten Network can show only so many great moments in Rutgers history. I'll let all of you absorb that for a moment. There's only so many of those you can show. And so you wait. And that's what we're doing, playing the waiting game. And nobody knows when they're going to vote. Nobody knows. We'll talk to Adam about that in the next half hour. By the way, the Rams opened their new stadium yesterday. But they wore their practice jerseys. Oh, those are the, those are their jerseys? Oh. Wow. Yeah, they are really bad. I I don't like the new logo. I don't like the uniforms. I think they all look bad. Uh, logo's fine. The helmets are, I thought, really nice. Um, but the uniform? Yeah, good. It's a little plain for me. Who, who sat back in a conference room and said, that's it, that's really cool? <laughs> there are a couple of those like that. Uh, but, oh well. And here's the other thing, too, Steve, that I'm also wondering about. Is that all this back and forth? We've, we have two different reports, one from Brett McMurphy and one from Dan Patrick this morning, to your point of who's going to participate and who potentially won't participate in a season if it starts October 17th. It seems like the Michigan schools and Wisconsin seem to be kind of iffy. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, Wisconsin, for example, I know Wisconsin wants to play. And Paul Christ has told Barry Alvarez that once they get going, he feels uh, that they can actually ramp up and take only three weeks. He's told Barry, evidently, he's told Barry Alvarez that. Right. I, I saw that same report, but then Dan Patrick said today that Wisconsin and, Mich- and the two Michigan schools and somebody else, I forgot, I can't remember off the top of my head, saying that they may not play. They may vote no. And you need nine schools for them to for, them, well, was, for this to go through. Well, that's the other part. Do you vote yes but have the ability to opt out? You can vote yes and opt out. What's wrong with doing that? We're going to vote yes to play. Now when it comes time to the schedule, don't schedule us. I mean, you can be as creative with this as you want, as far as I'm concerned. And I think that's why I mentioned the October 17th and October 10th thing. Wisconsin wants to play. I know they do. That's that's not a question. The only reason that, it's in da- that right now there's a question mark about Wisconsin is that last Wednesday they had to pause. So the earliest they can be back on the practice field is September the 22nd. All right? So that's the earliest they can be back.
So, I mean, that's... We play the waiting game. And we'll find out what is what is going on or not going on. Uh, John Rothstein reported that the uh, the battle for Atlantis will not be played <laughs> in the Bahamas. It will be played at the Sanford Pentagon in South Dakota. Duke, West Virginia, Memphis, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Utah, Creighton, and Wichita State. Now, Penn State is in the Charleston tournament. If Penn State were to stay in the Charleston tournament, they could play it. And that's a great field. It's Oklahoma State, Florida State, Seton Hall's in it. I mean, they got I mean, that's like that's a good field. But again, that's basketball. That is basketball. Everyone's waiting to see what is the decision on football. That's what they're waiting to see. And we'll find out. Uh, the committees have done their job. I mean, they were asked to come up with strict and progressive medical protocols. I think they got like 13 or 14 of them. Okay. Quick testing. Now, that's where the greatest advance has been. Even in the last five weeks, the ability to quick test has become a reality. That makes a huge difference. Something that was problematic during the course of the summer for many universities was that you would get testing done, and then a week to 10 days later, you still didn't have the result. Now, if you're getting the result in two hours, even better yet, if you're getting it back in 15 minutes, it's a game changer. In terms of your ability to look at somebody and say, okay, you're in the building, all right? Isolate for a little. Let's take the test. Isolate. Hey, good news, you're negative. Okay. Go over there with all the other negatives. You're fine. Make sure you wear a mask, and we'll go from there. And that's where the scheduling part comes in after that. And then, of course, the TV part is going to fall into place. And let's face it, the TV partners are aching to get Big Ten football on. With all due respect to the Sun Belt, which cleaned up over the weekend, and the Sun Belt did, the Sun Belt cleaned up over the weekend. The Big 12, if you're Bowlesby today, you're looking around going, what are we doing here? Kansas, which lost to Coastal Carolina. Kansas State, which lost to Arkansas State. And Iowa State, which lost to Louisiana. All three lost at home. All three of those Big 12 teams had the same thing happen to them. Number one, they still struggle playing defense. That's one. All three of them all struggle playing. And remember, Texas Tech, see, this is one that you may not have realized. You see the Texas Tech score? They play Houston Baptist. You know what the final was? 35-33. to 33. Texas Tech won. And again, Houston Baptist threw, 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 and threw. Texas Tech couldn't stop them. Couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback. 
And this is with Kirk Bowman's kid, a quarterback for Texas Tech, Alan Bowman, who's a good player. Kirk caught the two big touchdown passes in the Nebraska one in 1982 for Penn State. And so they won by two over Houston Baptist. So, number one, now, none of those Big 12 teams played well defensively. None. Which then brings us to number two. All three of the ones that lost really struggled up front. They could not contain the pass rush of Arkansas State, Louisiana, and um, Coastal Carolina. Also, in opening games, something that really shows up, especially in in a preseason like this, and Louisiana took advantage of this, who comes out of the gate and is sharp on special teams? There hasn't been a lot of hitting in these preseasons. And you're not going to have a lot of hitting when it comes to special teams. And Louisiana burned Iowa State twice on special teams. Arkansas State, by the way, had one advantage in their game over Kansas State. That advantage was Arkansas State had played the week before. It was their second game. Adam Rittenberg, next half hour, will find out what he knows. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance.